0: This program is brought to you by Personallifemedia.com. This program is intended for mature audiences only.
1: Welcome to Sex, Love & Intimacy. I'm your host, Chip August, and on today's show, we are going to be talking to Jane Ganal Ganahl, is that? Yes. Um, Jane is the editor of an amazing book called Single Women of a Certain Age, and uh, it's a collection of essays and uh, articles written by a variety of uh, outstanding writers and personalities um, that are all about uh, being a single woman today. Um, the full title is Single Women of a Certain Age, Romantic Escapades, shifting shapes and serene independence. Um, Jane is the author uh, previously of a novelized memoir, Naked on the Page, The Misadventures of My Unmarried Life. And for almost five years, she uh, wrote the well-received single-minded Sunday column about unmarried life in the San Francisco Chronicle. She's a regular contributor to the Huffington Post, and she's also written for Salon.com, Rolling Stone, and other um, publications. Um, And the book is a really nice collection, and uh, I'm happy to have you here. Welcome to the show, Jane.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Ah, oh, it's my pleasure. Okay, so th- just let's just start with the title itself, Women of a Certain Age. Isn't that sort of dated? <laughs> what do you mean?
2: Single, a woman of a certain age is definitely sort of a, a slightly antique term. Um, when I was growing up in the 50s, I remember my parents referring to the organist at our church who was a single woman, and she had gray hair, and she was sort of someone that, that drew... I'd say a little bit of pity, because she didn't have a man, poor thing. And, uh, you know, things have changed very much since since that phrase was coined. But it basically means uh, women over the age of, you know, 40, 45, something like that.
1: Um, isn't this what, um, when I was growing up, they used to call a spinster? Spinsters,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. I, I thought about calling it, you know, uh, spinsters or of a certain age or something, but I figured my publisher probably wouldn't go for that, because that's such a negative term.
1: Now, um, it seems to me... Now, I, I am a man of a certain age, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-50s. Uh, listeners, in case you didn't know, I'm in my mid-50s. My voice is in its 20s, but I'm in my <laughs> mid-50s, um, and... uh Uh, i don't know you know these are women that seem like uh the right age to me what i really notice is that when i was uh in my teens a woman in her 50s was really old when i'm in my 50s it seems like women in their 50s are more like women in their 20s so is it has it changed i mean is it is it is it just that i'm older or has it really changed
2: no i think it's changed tremendously i think um You know, depending on the decade, women in their 50s are either viewed as over the hill or just getting good. I mean, in France and Europe, you know, everybody says, if you can't find a date here in this country, go to Europe because at age 50, women are just starting to get good in France. But, um, yeah, that paradigm is shifting. I think uh, I was on a TV show recently in Seattle where they said, well, if 40 is the new, you know, 30, what's 50? I said, the new twenty I mean, I feel like we're just getting started, you know. There's no need for uh, for long faces anymore.
1: Well, and I, I noticed that there's a lot of, uh, so a lot of the women of my acquaintance, uh, you know, there's, uh, there are, are hormone retra- replacement therapies, and, there, and hair coloring is really a science that's changed a whole lot, and there's wrinkle creams. And I, I just, I have to say that a 50, I, I look at a woman in a supermarket, and I'm not sure I'm looking at a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, a 50, I don't know if I know
2: I know. It's true. And, um, you know, we didn't even address too much in this anthology, the whole idea of of plastic surgery, whether you should go there, whether you should let yourself age gracefully, which is my personal view. I mean, what, what do women have to apologize for when they get lines? I mean, those lines are kind of hard won, if you know what I mean. In fact, there's a great quote from Susan Sarandon that I always quote which is that she says I haven't had plastic surgery yet I don't feel the need to apologize and I thought that's awesome but anyway um, but I digress you're right at this at this age 50 um, year old women I think more than plastic surgery it's because we've learned how to really take good care of ourselves
1: now. Um, I remember in the uh, early 70s, maybe it was in the 60s, uh, Gloria Steinem's very famous, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And I have to say, I know a lot of women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who really, uh, it's not that they're not looking for fun or companionship, but they don't seem to be looking for a mate in the way that it seems like it's portrayed on TV, for instance.
2: I absolutely agree. I feel like... um it's just a, it's just a really worn out paradigm, you know that the whole idea that women are kind of desperate to get a man, especially as they get older. I feel like women get less and less desperate to get a man and uh, more and more independent. That's why they put in the subtitle of this book, you know, Serene Independence because that to me is the is the goal kind of of any woman's life, whether she is married or single, is to sort of find, that peace and that, that, you know, personal satisfaction with her life. And more and more, I think women are realizing, especially if you've been married for 25 years and you get divorced in your 40s or 50s, you go, well, that was enough of that. I think I'll deal with, I think I'll just be selfish for a while with a small s and um, really kind of look to my own needs and I don't really need a man to make me happy.
1: Uh, as a guy, that's a little scary, you know, so um, I noticed you quoted some demographics that it, it really it actually seems to this isn't just like uh, an anecdote. This is like there's some demographic evidence that this is really changing.
2: Oh, yeah. In fact, um, and I don't have my my million my my stats in front of me, but it's uh, I think that the 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 majority. OK, oh here we go. I love that how you show me what I've written. There's like 32 million single women over 35, and the majority of them report that they don't need to be, you know, married to be happy. Um, And uh, we also know that the vast majority of divorces or separations are filed for by the woman, something like 75%, which is interesting to me because it sort of, you know, belies the notion that women are the quote-unquote weaker sex who need you know, who need a man? I mean, it, 75% of divorced women, you know, did this to kind of strike a blow for their own happiness. And so, um, you know, I think that's, that's a sign of the times.
1: Now, your authors in this anthology, they really, they they kind of are all over the place. Um, certainly one of the things I think my listeners are interested, one of the things that, not just my listeners, the thing that I hear in my practice also with my clientele, there's a lot of fear about dating and there's some like interesting stuff in the book about midlife dating. I don't know, they don't call it midlife, but yeah.
2: Call a spade a spade, I guess. Midlife dating, it's what it is. Um Yes, there's some very funny essays in there about uh, women who've gone online to meet somebody. And um, my own essay is about reconnecting with an ex because, you know, by the time you're in your 50s, as I am, you have, and if you spend a good part of your life single, you have lots and lots of exes. So you need to kind of come up with a policy about dealing with them when they float back into your life. Um But yeah, um, a good part of the book is devoted to to dating and romance and whatnot. Um, I didn't want it to be the entire book because I felt like there's so much more to a woman's life than that. There's some great essays on um, things like solo travel, you know, which is something that women tend to love to do more than men for some reason. Um, Everything from that to having an empty nest, you know, having our kids move away to, uh, our four-legged friends, because I think, you know, pets become more important to us as we get older. Yes. The stereotype of the crazy cat lady is actually kind of semi-based in fact, but, um, but yeah, you know, romance is, is something that we're very hardwired to put a very high priority on.
1: Um, I, this, I have so many more questions to ask, but I want to pause for a moment and take a break. Um, listeners, we're, uh, we're about to take a break. And I really want to invite you to please listen to these sponsors. They um, they help pay for the program. They help make all this possible. And if you can uh, find it in you to use their services, why uh, that helps me, helps them, helps you, helps everybody. So it's kind of a win, win, win. Also, if you'll look on, the, uh, on my episode pages, personallifemedia.com, sex, love and intimacy, you'll see that we have lots of uh, offers, you know, 20% off on this and 15% off on that and 50% off on this. And so, uh, we can make it worth your while to be a listener and, uh, then everybody wins. So, um, we're going to take some, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to sex, love, and intimacy. I'm Chip August, and we'll be right back.
0: Listen to Just for Women, Dating, Relationships, and Sex, a weekly internet audio program from personallifemedia.com. Fresh inspiration and expanded relationship options for today's woman.
1: Welcome back to Sex, Love, and Intimacy. I'm your host Chip August. I'm talking to Jane Ganahl. She's the editor of a really amazing book called uh, "Single Women of a Certain Age." Um, it's a beautiful collection of essays that really celebrate the single life of uh, of women. I actually. Uh, the it features a whole bunch of outstanding writers and personalities like uh, there's a best, best-selling author uh, Meryl Marco is in there, uh, Bad Girl Guide author Cameron Tuttle, uh, The Usual Rules author Joyce Maynard, uh, sex columnist Isadora Almond, and uh, Falling into um, into Manholes author Wendy Merrill, uh, among many others. It's just it's just a really great collection. And we've been we've been talking about women of a certain age and dating. Um, I. I have I have to say that uh, it seems like when I read these ass- essays that women actually seem more comfortable with singleness than men. Is that? Do you think that's true?
2: I think that's absolutely true. Again, again it's another paradigm that we were raised to to believe, you know, wasn't true. Um, and in fact, uh, I don't think I mentioned it in my preface to this book, but there was a study that was done a few years ago on happiness and um, of the four groups of People for as in married women, single women, married men, single men. Um, The most happy group that called themselves that you know they call themselves happy were married men. Um, The second most happy was single women. Uh, The let's see, the third. Well, anyway, unmarried men were the most unhappy, and I thought that's fascinating to me because it just you know the whole notion that for for decades, men, you know, try and escape getting married because they don't want to be tied down, you know, and who needs that hell? And then we find out that single men are actually much more unhappy than single women.
1: Um, Just a little uh, philosophical note about that. Um, I noticed that uh, most of the cultures and societies in the last 2000 years have been male dominated And female secondary and yet for all this talk about how what men want almost all of them create marriage as a sacrament um, marriage you know like as the ideal situation it's really clear when you look at the institutions that men have created to live under that it's very different than the story that you hear male comedians say when they're telling jokes about their wives
2: exactly I know there's this gigantic disconnect between the sort of established, you know, societal expectations and what the reality of, of today's living is.
1: Now, um, it's kind of hard to summarize a whole collection of different authors, but are there some experiences from the book that kind of stand out in your mind that kind of typify the over 40 women single thing?
2: Um, I'd say if there's one thing that typifies it is uh, conflict in, in, in a, with a small c. In other words, um we were all raised to think that if we didn't have a man by this time uh that we were basically losers and and yet um we in our hearts we don't feel that way, and yet there are no we're kind of the first generation is that we're sort of rewriting the whole book of of whether to be married or single, and there's no guidepost there's no there's nothing you know that kind of tells us. Um, it's you know how to be happy and how to be happy single, so we 're kind of making this up as we go along and and I think in several of the essays you know you 'll find women that say you know i I really feel like I should have a guy, and I feel at a loss if i don't and yet when I do i 'm not happy either, so what am I looking for here and there's sort of a questioning nature to these essays that I think is very real and very honest because women who say i don't trust a woman who says you know, uh I haven't had a date in a year, but I'm fine with it, really. I'm just fine. I don't care if men don't look at me anymore. I'm just fine with that. Um, likewise, you know, I never get lonely, that kind of thing. I, I think we all do. We all need to be loved. We all need to be told we're pretty. We all need sex, you know, and, and so um there's that sort of constant push pull. Makes life interesting. It also makes for for a slightly turbulent middle age, too. So
1: I know there's a part of me that I, you know, I'm reading some of these essays and I'm thinking, is this like the death of marriage? Am I looking at like the beginning of a trend that like if I chart it as a vector, it it just sort of leads to marriage is sort of will become what going steady was when I was a teenager, you know, it's this thing you do for a while, you learn a whole lot of relationship skills and then you move on, you know, because it kind of feels that way when you read the book.
2: Well, that's kind of a sad idea because part of me is still very romantic and part of me, you know, and I'm, I've done a lot of interviews around this book and people say, do you think you'll ever get married again? And I say, well, I certainly never say never, you know, but um, it just, I feel like it's, it's become less important. And, uh, and certainly that's what the right wing, uh, you know, focal people of of the country have said is that, you know, when you soften our traditions, it'll mean the end of our of our marriage and our, and our kids will, you know, grow up to be delinquents and whatnot. And I tend to think that anything that adds to self-awareness and self-knowledge and quality of life um, is always going to end up being a good thing. And and all I have to do is look at the next generation. My daughter's 30. Um, she's been with somebody for five years. She's mad about him. I know they'll get married at some point, um, but they just don't feel like, the marriage ceremony is the be all and end all they're very committed and so i well to make a long story short i think that there will always be um couples who desire nothing more than to make a full complete 100 percent lifetime commitment to each other i don't know that that marriage in the traditional sense will always have the same allure as it as it used to
1: yeah well i think there's there's uh Marriage isn't one thing. And I think some, t- some of what I kept getting in the book is um, singleness, marriage. None of the, it's not like there's this monolithic, every woman who's single over 40 has this experience. Nor is it true that every woman over 40 who's married has this experience. And so you be, you begin to see in the book how much, well, if my marriage was about raising kids and then the kids are raised, well, my marriage was about raising kids. Well, I don't, you know, now it's, it served its purpose and now I want something else. If my marriage was a, a financial union because he can make 40% more than I can because that's just how the world works. And, you know, at some point that stopped being true and, you know, well, then it stopped being true. And what I get is that some people revise their marriage and some people really relook at is marriage really the next growth step for them.
2: Uh, absolutely, and and I don't know a single woman—no pun intended—who um, exits her marriage by as coldly as by saying, "Well, our kids are out of the house. You've served your purpose. Bye, bye." You know. But I do think that things will happen in a couple's life, whether it's the kids moving away from home, where it sort of forces them to look at their marriage and go, "I, I don't. You know, I don't think I have anything to say to you anymore." The idea of going off to. Uh, on a beach picnic with you is, is no longer even slightly interesting. And, uh, you know, that's the old opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. And, and, in both of my marriages, that's when I discovered that, that I was really done was when I just, I didn't care anymore. I just became very indifferent, but, um, I don't think I particularly answered your question there, but, uh, I do think that, that women much more than men, Um, put a place of much higher premium on their own personal happiness and I think that's why so many more women than men file for divorce.
1: I didn't actually ask a question, so it's okay that you didn't answer it. I just oh, okay. sort of I opined, and then you opined back. It was perfect. We're going to pause for a moment and take another break, um, listeners. I want to remind you, I, I love getting feedback. If you like what you're hearing, please send me uh, emails chip at personallifemedia If there are particular people you'd like to hear on the show, um, I'm always looking for guests, so I always want your suggestions, comments, feedback. Um, so please feel free to to give those suggestions to me. Also, the way this show grows is that if if you like it, and you send a link to a friend that you think will like it, then we get one more listener. And uh, there's really no better reference than your reference. So if you're listening to this now, probably it's because you like the show. And I want to ask if you'd be willing, send a link to somebody say, you know, hey, I listen to this thing all the time. Maybe you'd like it too. And uh, help me reach more and more people. There's a lot of good stuff going on in these shows. And you know, your friends will all like it. So send links. Okay, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a, a couple of minutes here. Um you know, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about how you can get a copy of this book, and uh, I also have an exercise that you can try at home that kind of grows out of some of this. So we'll be right back. <laughs>
0: to Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra, a weekly internet audio program from personallifemedia.com. Learn ancient secrets that turn on the soul of sex at personallifemedia.com.
1: Welcome back to Sex, Love & Intimacy. I'm your host, Chip August. I'm talking to Jane Ganahl. She's the uh, editor of a wonderful collection of essays called Single Women of a Certain Age, and we've been talking about women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, and dating, and men, and connection. Um, I want to say to uh, our listeners who aren't primarily uh, heterosexual that um, we keep. I noticed that the whole conversation seems to be about men, but I, but I get that the conversation among women isn't necessarily completely about men, so... Um I, I just want to say I, I think probably we would have been better off using words like partner <laughs> rather rather than man and I apologize and I'll try to do better. Um I, uh, I what do you think uh Okay. So uh first what did you personally get from working on the book? Like what what did you what did you learn? What what happened for you just from working on this?
2: Oh boy, editing this book was like I don't know, going to a revival meeting or something, you know, I mean, it, it really felt like each essay that I got, even the ones that were more troubling and troubled than others. So you know, I, I really felt like <clears throat> we are such a sisterhood, you know, and, and, uh, we have so much in common, even though we have, we may live in different cities or whatever. And, uh, you know, just sort of learning about the breadth of experience of unmarried women <coughs> and, uh, It was just, it was very enlightening for me.
1: So here's the thing I can't get. And I know this is really just sort of stupid, but um, I look at the fair that's on TV. And I know, years ago I was an advertising guy, and so I've seen the Nielsens. I know kind of, why in the world are women watching shows that seem to promote values they don't want to live. Do you know you know like that's what i really notice is that like women are eating up these shows that have the romantic fantasy or that are totally about mari- you know desperate housewives or or i, I don't know what, you know, gray's anatomy, they're they're totally sort of buying into the very fantasy that they're choosing not to live. And i don't quite get it.
2: I think because we're all in need of good, good escapism possibly. And like seeing how the other half lives, but I agree with you. I, I would, uh, there's only a few shows on TV that there's actually a few. So there's some better t- shows all the time for women over 40. I mean, Kira Sedgwick is fantastic in the closer. Um, raising is it saving grace with holly hunter glenn close is now in that uh what do you call it damages or is is i'm not sure that's even still on tv i don't watch a lot of tv but um i do know that that networks still don't get it that that women i think one reason sex in the city was a huge success is because single women could could recognize and empathize and cheer for some of their own and um you know, one of the one of the women in Sex and the City. In fact, in the movie, she turned fifty. That was a big deal. Of course, she still looks unbelievable. But um, I will say that my my memoir, the one that I that came out a couple of years ago, um, was bought for a TV show, and it was in development for about eighteen months with TBS, one of the Turner networks. And it was absolutely brilliant. The script was fabulous. It was done by a woman who'd worked on Murphy Brown and Seinfeld, and um, and it was an all-women team, and it went to the male bosses, and I don't mean to do boys against girls, but so it it be it, um, went to the all-male executives at TBS, and they just said they just didn't think enough people would watch a show about a single woman in her upper 40s. And I thought, good God, people, do you know who has the money in this country who advertises ought to be courting? It's not the 25-year-old, it's the, you know single um, successful fifty year old woman you know with with disposable income who goes to Paris for her birthday are you nuts but it 's it 's changing but very slowly
1: well and of course uh, that that is my experience of mainstream media is that um, we often want it to lead. And my experience of mainstream media is it often follows. So, you know, you're watching sitcoms that are supposedly set today that really seem to be espousing values that are, you know, 15 year old values or 20 year old values. They don't really seem to match today. And I just think that's like that all the way around. Um, uh, Jane, it's a good book. How would people find it? How would people find you? Uh, if they, if people are, you know, they're hearing this and they're thinking, Oh, I want that book. What do they do?
2: Well, of course, it's on the major book websites. Who's who? I hate su- I hate supporting, but it's an easy way to find me is on Amazon. It's called "Single Woman of a Certain Age," or you can go to my own website, which is com and it's J-A-N-E Jane, and then G-A-N-A-H-L dot com, and there will be links to my books there.
1: Um, I always like to for when I have guests who say, "Well, I don't really want to promote the big chains and um." uh, listeners, if you like what you're hearing, go to your local bookstore, tell them the name of the book and the author and say, you know, would you get this in for me? And because it's one of the ways that we support our local businesses. And it's one of the ways that, you know, often they'll order two or three or four copies and it creates good win, 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 win all the way around. So, um, Jane, uh, I, uh, I, uh, in a moment, I'm going to give an exercise for um, people to try at home. And then, uh, but I want you to be, I just want you to be thinking about like, is there a closing message here? Is there something you just kind of want, want to say to women who might be listening to this or men who love women or women who love women of a certain age, you know, that uh, might really uh, sort of cap off this interview? Um, the listeners, you know, I like to give you an exercise to do um, on, in every show. So um, uh, one of the things I notice about... Uh, being single versus um, being with someone is that um, when we're single, we have to give up the illusion that um, the only ways we're going to get compliments, appreciation, the only ways we're going to get uh, loved is from someone else, right? Because all of a sudden there isn't a someone else. And so not only can we stop blaming that someone else for not doing it right, but we also can't turn to that someone else. And, and what I notice is we're not really good at, we're not really, really good at, most of us, uh, loving ourselves the way we want others to love us. So a great exercise. Exercise you can do a great exercise you can do is to um, just take some time with a uh, maybe with a pad a writing tablet and a pen and um, take a moment to write down things that other people do for you that have you feel loved appreciated respected honored just just like a random list okay I feel loved when people remember my birthday and send me a card Um, I feel loved when people leave me a sweet message on my answering machine Um, I feel loved when when uh, I get gifts, I don't know. I feel loved when uh, I get rewarded for my work. I feel I feel respected when people, uh, you know, invite me into high level meetings and really invite my opinion. You know, like whatever the list is, it's your list, so I don't know what that list is. But and I invite you to cast broadly. Notice all the different ways. Notice the things your kids do for you that have you feel loved. The things that um, partners or former partners have done for you. The things that um, in business that have had you feel really appreciated. All the different ways at your church or at your synagogue. You know, there's a lot of different people in your life and a lot of places you go. Make a nice little list. And when you finish the list, then I want to invite you to notice how many of those things have you done for you ever. And then do things on that list. When I'm out of town, I call my own answering machine and I leave a really loving message for me. And I get home and I'll be listening to my messages. And there in the middle will be my own voice saying, oh, Chip, I really love you. I'm so proud of the work you're doing. And, you know, even though I know I left the message and even though it's my voice, some part of me just lights up, you know, I buy me flowers. I like to buy me flowers. It's really lovely when other people give me flowers. I learn to give me flowers. I want to invite you to just notice the things that have you feel loved and then start doing those things for you and just notice if it makes a difference. So there's your exercise for this episode. Uh, Jane, we're coming to the end of uh, another episode of Sex, Love, and Intimacy. I'm curious, so you got a little goodbye, something, something you want to say to anybody who might be listening? Yeah,
2: Date women of a certain age. I'm kind of kidding, but I'm kind of not. It's like, uh, many, many of us are frustrated by going, if we go online, which I have not done too much, um, seeing how many men our age only want to date women 20 years younger than us. And we're not so into dating younger men as I've discovered. And so we're, we're kind of having a little trouble finding dates, fellas. You know, it's time to man up. Don't be, don't be intimidated by our brains and our, and our, you know, success. We need love just like everybody else.
1: A a metaphor that I like, and uh, if you don't like it, just ignore that I said this, okay? But a metaphor that I like is, I, I notice that when people go searching for treasure, they don't reject the treasure because they think the treasure chest looks old. Like when you're searching for buried treasure and you pick up that treasure chest, if it looks 100 years old, you think, wow, I'll bet there's really, if it looks 200 years old, wow, this is going to, right? And I think people are treasure chests. And I think if you can just really see that you know my god this is a beautiful treasure chest you you're, what you're going to discover is inside it's more valuable than any diamonds or gold so just just remember like how you search for treasure because my experience is that's how to search for relationships and, and dates and love so this brings us to the end of another episode of sex love and intimacy i really appreciate your support and your listening um thank you very much for joining us and i hope you'll join me again next time